falling in this great divide. The earth it splits my feet on both sides. And though my faith is shaky, I, I got to keep on hoping. Keep on hoping. Keep on hoping. Keep on hoping. When all feels broken. When it all feels broken, keep your hope alive. Uh, the sentiment in that ex-ambassador song, I can get behind wholeheartedly. I think the one thing that I would change is the source they found for that hope. They said, hey, you just know that I'm going to stick around, but I, I want to suggest to you that our source of hope is Jesus. Somebody that you know is going to love you, somebody who's going to care for you, somebody who will tell you the truth. And when you have somebody like that in your life, you can be an engine of hope. And seriously, look around. In a world right now that's plagued by all kinds of stuff, all you see tensions, disagreements, arguments, division among us. And it's defined kind of um, our culture these days. 
And into that opens up an opportunity. An opportunity for us, it's why we started talking about this last week, to, to be a group who's unified, who has a sense of um, like-mindedness about us, that we can do something together that we couldn't do apart, that could put on display for our world to see. Unity. Um, Paul called it oneness. Peter called it like-mindedness. And it's this opportunity to have. But here's the, here's the question. What do we do when the very place that's supposed to put hope on display for the world because, by the way, one of the ways that you have hope is you personally with Jesus. But the other way is for us to follow what Jesus started. He established a church. And one of the purposes behind that is so that we could together put on hope. And what do you do, though, if the place that he established to show that hope to the world is just as full of tensions, arguments, opinions, and conflicts, what do we do? Well, I, I think what we've decided to do is we're going we're gonna to try to wrap our minds around this idea that Peter and Paul were talking about. When they started saying, look, I think this is about unity. If we could find a way to have a sense of oneness, this would be great. And what we did last week is we showed you that as Paul started talking about this in Ephesians, he, he ran into a picture and he started using the picture of marriage. Says so, um, both of these things require oneness. So I want to talk to you about a picture that you can understand so that maybe you can have that together in the church. The, the same kind of unity, the same kind of oneness that I have in mind, you could use together as a group. And so that's what we're planning to do. The ne over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some key ideas that the scripture says, listen, this has to be in a marriage for it to work. And it kind of has to be in the church for things to work too. And we're going to use one picture to help us understand the other. Uh, I'm going to start with marriage this morning, and I want to look at a simple idea. It's really simple. It's easy to understand. I think most people will get on board about how important it is. But it's also difficult. So um, we're, we're going to look at a concept that I think has actually been misunderstood quite a bit, and that's what generates so many of the difficulties in marriage and also together as a body, as a group, okay? So I want to start by reading you a section of Scripture where Paul says this is important, and he points it out for the, for the woman. In this section of Scripture, he says that for the woman. Um, this is in... Ephesians chapter 33 starts with a guy, or 533, he says, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. That's important. That's not where we're going this morning. He says this next. And the wife must respect her husband. So he must respect why? Why would he say that? Well, from my experience... Guys respond really well when they feel respected. They respond really poorly when they don't feel respected. But here's what's complicated about that. I haven't found it work the opposite um, any different. 
I think when a lady feels respected, things go well. When she doesn't feel respected, it doesn't go well. But even more than that, I think we've looked at respect as one thing. We've seen one word attached to it, and we've not understood how complex it is. Just so you understand, this is not um, an issue simply for guys. I want to take you to what Peter said about this. Again, he's addressing husbands here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. He says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I want you to be considerate. I want you to be respectful. And because of our culture, this is what happens. We read a section of scripture like this and everybody trips over, what do you mean by weaker? Right? And everybody wants to have that conversation and what they miss. Look, just, just even take the cultural implications of that. Honestly, do you believe that ladies at this time had the same rights as guys? They did not. Not over, not over their own kids could they make decisions. The man had all of that. And so for him to write weaker vessel here is not a big deal. But do you see what he said after this? This is what should get our attention, and it doesn't. It said we're to treat each other as heirs with me. Like you're equal with me in Christ. We're going we're gonna to go before him together with this. And do you see how this ends? If you don't do this, if you don't act considerate, if you don't act respectful, if you don't treat this person like an heir with you, your prayers could be hindered. Do you, this is big stuff. This is important. And if you've been around at all, I mean, is there anybody who, here who would argue that what we just read here is not like pure wisdom? You have to have respect for a relationship to work. The only person who might say, nah, I don't think you need to have respect in a marriage relationship is somebody who is probably never going to be married, right? That's it. That's the only kind of person who would, they're angling to never ever be married in their life so they can go around talking like that. Everybody else knows it has to be there. It has to exist in any relationship, I would argue, but boy, it floats to the top when you get married. And I would, I would tell you this, there's been a lot of research now um, in the issue of marriage for the last 40 years. And a lot of people give reasons for why they end up divorced. And the researchers have basically said, all of that's baloney. There's three. One of them, respect. A loss of respect in the relationship. Um, respect is this thing that you give somebody else. And here's the situation, though. There, I'm convinced that there's a couple ways that you can do that. See, what I love about the scriptures is it makes it clear that you're supposed to have respect. But what they expect you to do after they say that is for you to figure out what that means. How do I show respect to somebody else? What does that look like? And for many of us, we've lumped it as one thing. And because it's been one thing, when we have a problem, we remove all respect, and that becomes an issue. I'd like to suggest this morning that I think respect is made up of at least two things, two really important things. 
Uh, one of them, and we're just going to kind of go through this, one of them is positional respect. This is a respect I give somebody because of the position that they hold. I respect my wife because she's my spouse. Like, I'm going to treat her a certain way because she holds that position. It's easier to see maybe in positions of authority. I have to treat my boss a certain way. I have to treat my dad a certain way. He holds a position of authority. But there's also positional um, respect that comes from the fact that God created image bearers. People who are representing him in the world. And we give respect to them out of honor for God. This is a kind of respect that you give um, in in an attempt to honor God. I'm honoring God by honoring my spouse. I'm honoring God by honoring a parent. I'm honoring God by honoring my boss. They have positional place in my life, and so I give them respect. And it works. Now, there's a second kind of respect, though, that makes this more complicated. It's what I want to call personal respect. This is a respect that you give somebody based on them earning it. Like, the stuff that they say, the stuff that they do matters. And because they're saying things that are right, honorable, and good, you can give them respect. And when they choose not to do that, you can withdraw that personal respect. But here's the problem. Because we've looked at respect as one thing, what often happens in marriages, I've watched this over and over, is somebody violates personal respect and all respect is withdrawn. I don't even give you positional respect anymore. And if you want to see fireworks go off, withdraw all respect from each other and try to have a discussion. It does not go well. Uh, Last month... I told you about a small incident I had with a refrigerator. And if you'll remember, I said I was really happy that my wife was sick that day so I didn't have to confess in front of her what had been happened, right? Uh, The next week we're on vacation and I was hiking with a very sore body from this and she guessed it. Like she guessed what had happened. I did not confirm or deny it. I just kept looking straight ahead, but I was like, she's a sorcerer. I don't know how she did that, but she got it right. The thing is, there was more to the refrigerator story um, than my little incident with the stairs. Uh, Let me just kind of bring you back up to speed. A refrigerator died the week of Christmas. And um, for several days, uh, we tried to call a technician, and we were jamming it full of ice every night and then cleaning up the water on the floor every morning. And it was just, it was was rough. The food was eh, not cold. It was coolish, right? It was okay, And we finally got a repair guy out, and he looked at me and said, this is going to take three weeks to fix. And I was like, oh, my word. Christmas, other holidays, ice, three three weeks. That's not happening. Three days has been nightmarish. And so after work was over, I got in my truck, I drove to Menards, and I bought a refrigerator. Like, the, the cheapest biggest, like, okay, I had to get the right size, but I I got it, and I put it in the back of the truck, and I'm driving home, and I decide that I'm going to call Tracy and get my attaboys, right? I'm going to call her and say, 
hey, I, seriously, just so you understand my thinking at this point, I think I'm about to be nominated for husband of the month, right? Because there was a serious problem in our house, and I'm kicking it. And I've solved the problem. Everything's great. And I call her up, and I tell her that I have this refrigerator in the back of my truck, and this is going to be awesome. And she's upset. Like, she, she's like, what? And I was like, what is happening here? And I explain, like, I explain it all. I give her all of my beautiful logic. This is going to be difficult. We're going to lose food. I'm getting ahead of the game. This is really good. We're going to have this for the holidays. All of this, I'm like pouring out all of my logic, and I get to the end of it, still not happy, right? And these words come out of her mouth. I thought that we had agreed that you would not make any financial purchases without my involvement of anything over $100, right? And honestly, my brain almost exploded in that moment because my wife just quoted an agreement from 30 years ago when we got married. She went that far back. I was like, do you understand how old that agreement is? We haven't lived based on that for 20 years. If we believe that, you wouldn't be able to go to the grocery store each week without us having a conversation. What are we talking about here? You know this is a good thing that I just didn't like. And it's, she's not accepting my answers. I think her 30-year time frame is ridiculous. And we realized we had to call a timeout. Because we, we've discovered over time that arguments uh, via phone and text are horrible ideas. They're terrible. So we just said, hey, time out. We'll talk when we get home. So uh, I got home, had the boys help me unload their fridge. We're getting it in place because we're keeping this fridge, right? Um, and Tracy gets home, and she's had some time to calm down a little bit. And we start talking. And uh, we, we're moving all the food from the bad fridge into the good fridge. And... Um, and then she said this, said this directly because she had had time to process this. Said, Blair, I feel like you didn't respect me when you went and made that decision without consulting me. And I thought that we were going to do that with each other. Now that's a different, that's different, right? And we were able to we were able to come to some understanding because part of the reason that she was upset, she said, I like to go shopping. And you didn't give me a chance to go shopping with you. And I looked at her and I said, do you understand what I just did? I went into the store and I'm not looking for any feature. In fact, I don't care if it had a feature on it. I wanted the cheapest functional refrigerator they had. And the only question I asked them was, is this in stock? That's all the shopping that took place. And so when we started to understand each other, we were able to go, okay, I think going and getting in the refrigerator was a good idea. I think my choice to not talk to her was a bad idea. And we were able to end that kind of conflict that we were having over this refrigerator, and, and we started off again in a decent place. How did that happen? Because although Tracy felt like I had violated her personal respect we still had positional respect that hadn't left the relationship. 
we still had enough positional respect to know we're not going to do this over the phone with each other. When we get home, we're going to have a conversation about this, and we're going to seek to understand each other. And with that kind of respect in the relationship, we were able to come to some resolve. And we were able to solve the personal problem that I had created, and we got back to a healthy place. What happens too often is when somebody has a personal violation like that, all respect is moved, and all of a sudden, the refrigerator becomes a fight about everything else, and everything else gets drug into it, and you don't solve the thing that's in this moment right now. Why? Because all respect has been removed. It's dangerous. It harms your ability to engage with each other. And researchers would tell you that without respect, your relationship is in trouble. The question is, what does that have to do with the church? Well, I would like to suggest this morning that the same two components that exist in marriage exist amongst us as well. I want to show you something. This is in uh, Paul's talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's talking about unity in a different place. And he's using a different image, um, but he's going to say some things that are important for us. It says in verse 12 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, just as a body, though one. Again, he's talking about this unity, this oneness that we're supposed to have with each other. It has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. So we're to form one body with this person that leads us, Jesus. Verse 14 gives it even more color. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. There's a lot of different generations here. We're going to see things differently than each other. There's men and women here. We're going to see things differently than each other. There are people here that God has given gifts specifically different than everybody else in the room. Passions that you have that drive your life that are different than everybody else's. This is, the, this is designed by God. And look, look at what he says about this. I love this. This is verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You are not here by mistake. Your presence, though you may have different kind of views on things, is, and here, here's the thing. We're, we're talking about two different things here real quick. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of gray. There's no one way to raise kids. There's no one type of music that you should listen to. There's no one way to eat food. There's no one. People have a lot of variety. And they have this variety in their lives that causes them to have different opinions, different views. And God brings all of that stuff together in a mixing pot and says, I want you to find a way to be one. I want you to find a way to be like-minded, have the similar values. And he said, you're not here by mistake, even though there's many parts who make this up. But here's what's interesting. There's a, second, there's a second kind of respect that makes this challenging. See, there's positional respect that we give each other because God created the people who are in this place to be different than us. 
and put them here on purpose. He, he had that in mind. And sometimes that alone is a struggle. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, uh, but sometimes um, young people, youth in a church, are kind of treated as tag-ons, as just wait, because you're idealistic, just wait for your turn to really have any influence or impact. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I believe they're here for a purpose. And when you find the passion that they have, the gifting that they have, you encourage it and you move them into those kinds of things. Why? Because it's what we do together. This is who we are. And they have position just as much as you or I do. And so out of positional respect, we give respect to the people around us, even if they have different opinions than we do. Now here's the thing. It's not always possible to give respect because sometimes people violate a different kind of respect. They violate personal respect. The way they talk, the actions that they do, the things that they say are outside of the boundaries that God has placed. See, there's some gray area for us to figure out, but there's also very clear boundaries that God gives God says, I want you to live this certain way, and the reason I'm giving this wisdom, the reason I'm giving you this insight is for your benefit and for the benefit of mankind. And I want to tell you right now, when you choose to violate that, you cause all kinds of problems. We just, we just talked about how this happens, right? God gives these boundaries in place. And then we come along with our desires. We talked about this in Genesis, right? We come along with our desires and we elevate those over what God said. And we do what we think would make us happy. We do what we would want to do. And we disregard what God has to say. And in the process of that, we often hurt other people. We often do damage to those around us. And this is the kind of stuff that God's deeply concerned about. Um, it works just like marriage, truthfully. You can give somebody positional respect, but in church, if they decide to treat you like garbage, there is a respect that you can no longer give them because you don't know what else to do, and so you withdraw personal respect. But what's happened What's happened is our culture is, man, how, how do I explain this? Our culture has started to believe that any kind of disagreement equals that you either hate me or dislike me. And if, that's, if, if we import that into here, we're going to be in some serious trouble. Because the very idea of respect means we have the framework for disagreeing with each other in a healthy way. We have a way to say to each other, what you did hurt me. What you said was unkind. The way you went about that made, made me feel bad. And I can say that in a way that's polite because there's positional respect that's in place. Because I accept that you're here because God put you here on purpose, made you different on purpose. I can accept that. But I can't accept 
when you chose to violate what God said was good, right, and true. And so I will say something to you. But in saying something to you, if the assumption is that you hate me for saying this, we're in a lot of trouble. Instead of finding our way back to unity, it becomes a source of division. And I want you to see this. I want you to see what Paul said. This is in Ephesians where he's talking about this idea of unity. He says this in verse 15. He said, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. See, what we do with each other is we find a way to speak what's true. And we do it for the whole purpose that we'll mature together and be able to put on display for the world a group of people who are diverse different, have different opinions, have different generations, but are capable of solving our problems with each other in a way that generates respect. I'm convinced that it starts with us having positional respect, understanding that God placed you here on purpose. Your gifts on purpose. You're in your generation on purpose. You have a place in this world on purpose. But then there's also enough space for us to lovingly approach each other and tell each other the truth. To say you're out of bounds right now. And I want to have a conversation to see if we can find a way back to something that makes sense. And with positional Respect intact. We can have the conversations about the personal failures that we all make at times. And come back to a place where we can be unified. And it doesn't have to destroy us. It doesn't have to equal you hate me. It doesn't have to equal that you dislike me. I love you. I want this to be a place where people come and feel that they are loved by God and loved by us. I want this to be a place where we speak the truth to each other. All of that's possible with respect. And it all goes out the door without it. And if we could just agree, if we could agree together that we would lace our words, lace our actions with respect that we could be that place that God holds up for a world that is in, like, device and conflict to see that it's possible for people who are really different to find unity and love. I think we can do this. I think it's who we were meant to be. But it has to be a choice of what we're going to give because we could offer hope to the world if we would just give each other respect. Positional, personal. What will you do? Can I pray with you? God, I think this is um, a topic that's made complicated because at times there have been groups of people who've associated themselves with you, who have taken stands 
and the stand was right, but the lack of respect was wrong. And it colored the whole situation. And now, God, we're in a place where we, went, we want to just find people who agree with everything that we think, all of our opinions, all of our ideas, and just to make it safe. And if there's any disagreement, it makes us uncomfortable. And what we've missed in that is that in those different, those different gray areas where people see things differently, there is strength to be found. There is stuff to learn. There's ways to think about things that we haven't comprehended. And yet, God, sometimes that thinking has spilled over into your boundaries. And we've tried to play fast and loose with the stuff that you said is right and wrong. And I ask that you would give us the courage to say what's true, to speak to each other about what's true respectfully. God, I want Waypoint to be a community that is held up by you as an example of a whole bunch of people who are different. Their parts are different. But we put ourselves under this lead, Jesus. We take our cues from him, his values, his wisdom. And because of that, we find unity. Not agreement on everything, unity of values. A way to talk with each other respectfully that honors you. I ask you would help us to become that kind of church together. We love you. We want to be partners with you. Help us to Respond with respect and give respect in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen.